This is the SF Productions Podcast Network. The Kinescope Initiative Episode 150 A sitcom review in chronological order. From the SFPP and Television Center, take it away, Mark. Thank you, announcer Bod, and welcome to the Kinescope Initiative, a sitcom review in chronological order. Well, we finally made it to the end of 1987. Out of 32 shows, nine survived past their first seasons for a dismal success rate of 28%. It was 41% in 1986. The winners? The Charmings, Married with Children, Mr. President, DC Follies, Out of This World, She's the Sheriff, My Two Dads, Full House, and A Different World. Moving on to 1988. After making comments about slavery, CBS fires Jimmy the Greek from NFL Today. ABC airs the Olympics for the last time. That was the Winter Games from Calgary. The first interracial wedding on daytime TV is held on General Hospital. Nickelodeon holds its first Kids' Choice Awards and Discovery Channel its first Shark Week. Fox's The Late Show hosts a reunion of the cast of Gilligan's Island. The final time the entire cast is together, Jim Backus dies a year later. NBC airs the first night baseball game, Cubs vs. Mets. NBC begins programming with Gone with the Wind. The formerly unseen pilot of Star Trek The Original Series, The Cage, is aired as part of a special promoting TNG. In the midst of a writer's strike, old scripts from Mission Impossible were reshot with a new cast. The show actually did well for a while. MST3K airs for the first time on Minneapolis station KTMA. A Very Brady Christmas is a huge hit TV movie which spawns dramedy The Bradys. The Young and the Restless moves into the number one spot of all soaps and has been there ever since. Non-sitcom premieres, 48 Hours, America's Most Wanted, and China Beach. With millions of unemployed and beggars you can't avoid, it's pitiful, dear, but we're all right. As much as we love L.A., it's certain to crack one day. The Thorns premiered on ABC on January 15th, 1988 at 9 p.m., Another New York-based show that seems more like a play than a TV series, which makes sense, as this comes from the mind of Mike Nichols. Tony Roberts and Kelly Bishop play upwardly mobile snobs climbing the social ladder. Their kids, played by Adam Biesk, Lisa Rifle, and Jesse Tendler, are junior snobs. Lori Petty plays the mom's assistant, and Mary Louise Wilson, the French maid. Enter the dad's down-to-earth mother, Marilyn Cooper, and the maid-to-a-reclusive-widow, Maureen Stapleton, who turns out to be the widow herself. We covered Tony Roberts on episode 120 for The Four Seasons and Jesse Tendler in episode 137 for The Ellen Burstyn Show. Kelly Bishop started showbiz as a dancer, moving to Broadway in Golden Rainbow, Promises, Promises, On the Town, all before getting the role of Sheila in a chorus line, winning Tony, Drama Desk, and Theater World Awards. She would go on to Six Degrees of Separation and the resulting film, The Last Night of Ballyhoo, Proposals, and Anything Goes. 
She branched into films, An Unmarried Woman, Dirty Dancing, and Wonder Boys. On TV, she was a regular or on As the World Turns, My Wildest Dreams, Bunheads, and played matriarch Emily on The Gilmore Girls. Adam Beesk went on to the sitcom Dweebs and films Gas Food Lodging and Leprechaun 2. Lisa Rifle is an actor and singer with three albums for the latter as the lead of an alternative rock band. She was a regular or recurred on Angelion, The Trials of Rosie O'Neill, Empty Nest, Women of the House, and The King of Queens. She was originally a regular but left after only a few episodes. Films include Forget Paris and Drowning Mona. Lori Petty was originally a graphic designer before getting TV guest spots and TV movies. She went on to sitcom Booker before starting a long run of films, Cadillac Man, Point Break, A League of Their Own, Free Willy, Tank Girl, before returning to TV in Lush Life, Brimstone, and Orange is the New Black. Petty is currently on Station Eleven. Mary Louise Wilson is another Broadway baby. Three Penny Opera, Promises, Promises, the 1974 Gypsy Revival, The Royal Family, The Philadelphia Story, Alice in Wonderland, The Odd Couple, Prelude to a Kiss, the 1998 Cabaret Revival with a Tony nom, and Grey Gardens winning a Tony. Off-Broadway work in Full Gallop, which she also wrote, and 4,000 Miles, both won Obies. Film work includes Clute, Up the Sandbox, Zellig, The Money Pit, Pet Cemetery, Green Card, Mr. Wonderful, and Ocean's 8. She was a regular or recurred on One Day at a Time and Mozart in the Jungle. Back to Broadway for Marilyn Cooper, Mr. Wonderful, West Side Story, Gypsy, Mama, Hallelujah Baby, Golden Rainbow, 2 by 2 On the Town, Ballroom, Woman of the Year, winning Tony and Drama Desk Awards, The Odd Couple, Broadway Bound, and the 1994 Grease Revival. She made appearances in films The Survivors and Brighton Beach Memoirs, but The Thorns was her only regular TV work. Cooper passed in 2009. Maureen Stapleton moved to New York City at age 16, working as a model and sales girl. She made it to Broadway, The Playboy of the Western World, Antony and Cleopatra, Detective Story, The Rose Tattoo, winning a Tony and Theater World Award, The Cold Wind and the Warm, Tony Nam, Toys in the Attic, Tony Nam, Plaza Suite, Tony Nam, The Gingerbread Lady, Second Tony Win and Drama Desk Award, The Glass Menagerie, The Gin Game, The Little Foxes, Tony Nam, Stapleton got involved in early live TV drama, as well as films Lonely Hearts with Oscar and Golden Globe noms, A View from the Bridge, Bye Bye Birdie, Airport, Golden Globe Win, Oscar nom, Summer of 42, Plaza Suite, Golden Globe nom, Interiors, Oscar and Golden Globe noms, The Fan, Reds, Oscar and BAFTA wins, Golden Globe nom, Cocoon, The Money Pit, The Thorns was her only regular TV work. She was nominated multiple times for guest star Emmys and won for TV movie Among the Paths to Eden. She nearly got the EGOT with a Grammy nom. Stapleton passed in 2006. Even with all this talent, The Thorns lasted all of seven episodes with five more unaired. I caught an episode on YouTube. The opening theme is sung by Dorothy Loudon in a nightclub setting. The show really is staged like a play. They find out that the maid is actually the ultra-rich widow. The wacky uncle drops by, and they decide to get him to marry the maid. Wackiness ensues. Robert's voice comes straight from his nasal passages. I love the use of 80s cordless phones with long antennas. Day by day, I'm 
Day by Day premiered on NBC on February 29, 1988, at 8.30 p.m. Meet Brian and Kate Harper, Douglas Sheehan and Linda Kelsey, a successful couple who decides to quit their professional careers, a sitcom trope, in order to run a daycare center. They missed all the good times with their teenage son, Ross, Christopher Daniel Barnes, and they don't want to do the same with their new daughter, Emily, Catherine and Mary Donahue. Courtney Thorne-Smith plays Kristen, their nanny, who ends up working in the daycare center. Ross has a crush on her, but she is oblivious to it. Julia Louis-Dreyfus plays Eileen, the next-door neighbor, a former co-worker of Brian's, who wants to get him to come back to work. She is the quintessential 80s businesswoman and hates kids. The rest of the cast are the kids in daycare, child actors who didn't go on to major careers, with one exception, Thora Birch. We covered Courtney Thorne-Smith in episode 132 for Fast Times, and we'll wait on Julie Louis-Dreyfus for something more sponge-worthy. <laughs> Douglas Sheehan appeared in films 10 and Victor Victoria, as well as a run on General Hospital, before he began his role of Ben on Knott's Landing, which ended just as Day by Day started. There was also a run on Clueless 10 years later. Linda Kelsey got her start during TV guest spots in the mid-70s. In 1977, she landed the role of Billy on the Mary Tyler Moore spin-out Lou Grant, getting five Emmy and three Golden Globe nominations. Day by Day was her second and final major role, followed by a lot of guest spots and TV movies. Kelsey also ran the game show circuit. Today, she does regional theater. Christopher Daniel Barnes already had a regular TV run on Starman under his belt before Day by Day, He detoured into voice work after that, Eric in The Little Mermaid, and the lead in Spider-Man the Animated Series, both of which led to a host of video game voice work. He also had runs on Beverly Hills 90210, Malcolm and Eddie, and Ultimate Spider-Man. Barnes also played Greg Brady in the 90s Brady Bunch films. Day by Day has a Brady Bunch connection, as we'll talk about in a moment. Day by Day was Thora Birch's second role as a child actress. Her parents were both adult film actors. Thora had a run on Parenthood, but she really made her mark in films, Patriot Games, Hocus Pocus, Clear and Present Danger, American Beauty with a BAFTA nom, Ghost World, a Golden Globe nom, Deadline, and Winter of Frozen Dreams. She also got an Emmy nom for a TV movie. Recently, she had a run on The Walking Dead, and the series Wednesday is in post-production. Day by Day ran for two seasons, barely making it into the top 30 in its first season, 2.8 on the Bazinga scale. There were two episodes in particular intended to goose up the numbers. One involved a crossover with the much more successful Family Ties. Guess what? Stephen Keaton and Brian Harper were college roommates, and now the Keatons are looking for a daycare for their new son, Andy. Both shows came from the same producers. A very Brady episode used the dream sequence trope to hold a reunion of the classic show's cast, Sans, Greg, Jan, and Cindy. Ross is having problems studying due to watching a Brady marathon. Cue the dream sequence where Ross becomes long-lost son Chuck, which is a callback to the mysterious older brother on Happy Days who went upstairs in one episode and never came back down. Chuck gets a fatherly speech from Mike about his grades, As noted above, Barnes would go on to play Greg in the Brady films. A very Brady Christmas had just aired a few months earlier. 
I found the Brady episode on YouTube. Ross is watching Brady Bunch on one of those TV Walkmans with a two-inch screen and telescoping antenna, the streaming platform of the late 80s. The actors playing the parents are handsome, but not great comic actors. The scene of Ross falling asleep is almost a parody of a dream sequence. They show the entire opening Brady theme with a random pigtailed girl in the Cindy Square, although there were other cast members who weren't involved. Conveniently, they just used the set from the recent TV movie. The humor of the episode, what there is of it, comes mostly from Brady recognition. It's weird to see the now Brady kids as adults, but they're still playing kids. I actually used to watch the show. Maybe non-stunt episodes were better. called me up and asked if I would write his theme song. I'm almost halfway finished. How do you like it so far? How do you like the theme to Gary's show? This is the theme to Gary's show. The opening theme to Gary's show. This is the music that you hear as you watch the credits. It's Gary Shandling's show premiered on Fox on March 6, 1988 at 9 p.m., although it actually premiered earlier on Showtime. Various TV shows have tried to break the fourth wall, a.k.a. the TV screen separating the audience from the show. Burns and Allen saw George talk directly to the audience and then watch the action in another room of the house via his TV. But no sitcom took this to such an extreme as It's Gary Shandling Show. Gary essentially plays himself a successful stand-up, and most of the action takes place in his condo. The place was built to his specifications with one wall taken out and replaced by a studio audience. Gary does a monologue to start the show before the opening theme, which announces it's the theme to Gary's show. His neighbors, friends, and family come in the door to raucous applause. Barbara Kassan plays his overbearing mother, Molly Cheek, his on and mostly off girlfriend Nancy, Michael Tucci, his best friend Peter, with wife Jackie, Bernadette Burkett, and son Grant, Scott Neems. Paul Wilson plays blowhard neighbor Leonard. Ian Buchanan and Jessica Harper play paramours to Gary and Nancy in later seasons. All of them know they're on a TV show. Now, we covered Barbara Kassan in episode 63 for Temperatures Rising. Gary Shandling originally studied to be an electrical engineer, but switched to marketing and then creative writing. At 19, he drove to Phoenix to show some jokes to George Carlin, who told him to keep at it. He worked for an ad agency for a time and then sold scripts to Sanford and Son and Welcome Back, Cotter. He was disillusioned for sitcom writing after hearing a Three's Company producer say, well, Chrissy wouldn't say that. Shandling switched to stand-up and in a few years got a shot on Johnny Carson. He would go on to be a regular substitute host for several years. There were stand-up specials on Showtime, which led to It's Gary Shandling Show. He followed that up with The Larry Sanders Show, a dramedy based on his guest hosting work on Carson, which won three Emmys out of 56 nominations, with Shandling getting 18 nominations himself. Based partially on this series, Shandling was offered deals to take over NBC's Late Night, it went to Conan O'Brien instead, and CBS's Late Late Show. He dabbled in films, Mixed Nuts, Town and Country, Zoolander, and became a member of the MCU as Senator Stern, spoiler, hail Hydra. Shandling died in 2016 from a pulmonary embolism. Molly Cheek worked in dinner theater and summer stock before getting into TV movies and guest work. She was a regular or recurred on Chicago Story, Harry and the Hendersons, Family Dog, Voice Work, Go Fish, 
and films American Pie and Spider-Man 2. Michael Tucci had regular or recurring work on Barney Miller, Trapper John M.D., The Paper Chase, Flying Blind, Diagnosis Murder, and The Rich and the Ruthless, as well as films Grease and Blow. Tucci was also on Broadway in Greece and toured in Godspell and Chicago. Bernadette Burkett also had a run on Cheers as Norm's wife. She was actually married to George Went. Films include St. Elmo's Fire and Heartbreakers. Scott Neems went on to a run on The Wonder Years and appeared in films DC Cab and St. Elmo's Fire. He went on to produce Class of Lies and Hannah as well as create the TV series The Player. Paul Wilson is a long-running character actor with runs on Cheers, Pigsty, George and Leo, The Larry Sanders Show, Recess, Voice Work, and Malcolm in the Middle, along with films The Goodbye Girl, Where the Buffalo Roam, The Sting 2, Problem Child 2, Office Space, and a ton of TV guest spots. Ian Buchanan has spent most of his career on soaps, All My Children, Days of Our Lives, The Bold and the Beautiful, Daytime Emmy, and four more nominations, General Hospital, and Poor Charles. He became a favorite of David Lynch and had roles in Twin Peaks and On the Air. Jessica Parker has spent most of her career in films, Love and Death, Suspiria, and its later remake, Stardust Memories, Pennies from Heaven, My Favorite Year, Big Man on Campus, Mr. Wonderful, Minority Report. She's also done some TV miniseries, a number of guest spots, and the recent series, C. She's written books and songs for children. As already noted, its Gary Shandling show got its start on Showtime. This was in 1986. Fox, looking for programming, purchased rights to the show and re-ran it. Now they had to edit the show for content and add commercials. Fox eventually caught up to the latest episodes by 1990 when they canceled the run. Showtime continued episodes for a few more months. With all the puncturing of TV tropes, it was definitely an acquired taste. The main set, his condo, was actually based on his real-life California condo. When Gary needed to drive somewhere, he would get in a golf cart right next to the studio audience and drive over to that set. He had a hat that would allow him to go back in time as a flashback, and once he jumped forward in time by moving the hands on a clock with the lighting outside the window going from light to dark. Another episode ended years after it began. On a live election night show in 1988, it was incorrectly announced that Dukakis had won. Gilda Radner appeared as herself in an episode, and when Gary asked why she hadn't been seen for a while, she replied, Oh, I had cancer. What did you have? It was her final TV appearance. The show was nominated four times for an Emmy and won eight Cable Ace Awards. Shout Factory released a DVD set of the show, which I own. I watched an episode from season two where Jackie is having her baby. It's taking longer than Gary expected. And the condo morphs into a talk show set after Tom Petty drops by where he sings, Waiting is the hardest part. At one point, Susan Anton appears as a guest and Doc Severinsen comes in to deliver the baby. More of 1988 sitcoms in our next episode. Announcer Bot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs. Subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review. You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. Like us at facebook.com slash sfppn. Follow us on Twitter at sfppn. Check out Instagram at SF Pod Network.
call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614-321-9SFP. Back to you, Mark. Well, I'm finding this episode in the archive. Tune in next time.